This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1425, brought to you by American Harvest. For today's tip, we join Horses in the Morning co-hosts Jamie and Glenn, along with their guest, Dr. Jones, who has stopped by to chat about the sacroiliac, or SI, joint. And we'll get right to our tip after this from American Harvest. What if adding just one product to your feed regimen could help your horse recover faster from a show, get relief from inflammation, reduce his nerves, and ease his digestion? If any of those benefits sound appealing to you, then check out American Harvest Premium Hemp Extracts and Equine Hemp Pellets. American Harvest's natural equine hemp pellets are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. If you prefer a liquid application, check out American Harvest's THC-free CBD oil or premium hemp extract, which provides CBD from hemp extract. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. And right now, American Harvest is offering an exclusive giveaway for you, Horse Radio Network listeners. One lucky listener will receive a free 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products. Check out today's show notes for details on how to enter. The voice you are going to hear is very familiar. She's been on the show for probably about 10 years off and on, and that is Erin Denny-Jones, the FEI veterinarian and owner of Florida Equine Veterinary Services down in Claremont, Florida. Hello, Dr. Jones. Good morning, everybody. This is great to talk again with you guys. What we're going to talk about today is the SI joint, and that is something that people talk about a lot, but I don't know if everyone really knows or understands, I know I don't, exactly what's involved with the SI joint and the issues with it. So let's start with it. Talk to us. What is the SI joint? Let me see if I can do anatomy over the phone, which will be very interesting. (laughs) Uh, The SI is sacroiliac joint. So sacral means from the sacrum, which is the last part of your uh, your vertebrae that runs down your back. And the same with us. We have sacrum as well. The horse does too. And then iliac is part of the ilium of the pelvis. And the pelvis, of course, has the three separate areas, but the ilium is what we're primarily talking about today. The sacrum and the ilium come together in the sacroiliac joint, and it sits behind the saddle, behind the croup, basically, the top line that everybody talks about, maybe the hunter's bump area, it sits about at that area, maybe a little bit behind it, off to the right and to the left. So there's two joints in the horse that are sacroiliac because the pelvis, you know, it goes from one side to the other. And this acts in more of a sliding fashion type joint. It is not a ball and socket joint like your hip or your shoulder. It's not a hinge like your knee. It is more of a sliding joint. So it sits somewhat flat and at an angle, and it allows the pelvis to tuck itself underneath and the sacrum to tuck itself underneath for, let's say, a reining horse or a dressage horse or any kind of collection you do in the hind end, beginning a canter, those kind of things. So it helps slide and move those two pieces of bone in a nice fashion underneath the horse. I hope oh. that helped explain. It does. The so- anatomy. When you reach behind, you're sitting in the saddle and you reach behind, it's like almost like that one, it's right before that bump that you feel 
with the where the pelvis is, I guess. Yes, but it's off on the side. It's not, you know, completely on the side where they have the point of the hip sticking out. It's between that and your basically croup area. So just in within that area is um, okay. a good. And a lot of horses can be sore in that area, and not necessarily sacroiliac. It could be more muscle sore, but a lot of soreness in that area. You got to start thinking about sacroiliac as well. So, what are some of the common problems that people have with the SI joint? Well, the biggest thing is bucking, and that's really one of our number one complaints. Keep it simple that way. Um, they will ask for a canter, and the horses start bucking out. Not necessarily, if a horse bucks when they're cantering on a lunge line or when you're under saddle, do you think, oh, it's got to be the SI, because there's other things that can cause that. But a lot of times, it can be the SI joint. And it could be one lead over the other. Yes, for a canter on the right lead and starts bucking out, and the left lead, you don't have as much problem. That means one side's probably worse than the other. But bucking is usually the number one sign, as Sue Dyson, Dr. Dyson in uh, Newmarket says, is it feels like they're shooting you through the ears um, when they start to feel the pain in the SI and they have this little buck that kind of shoots you through the ears. So um, that's usually one of the um, prime signs you'll hear from the clients that you're having, and it ends up being an SI issue. Now, of course, the other subtle ones are the dressage riders that say they can't get the collection and things like that. So, so it's interesting you say that there's a all you said there's all sorts of reasons why horses do buck, and that is what I try to tell people all the time. I'm like, if your horse is bucking, they do not want to buck. Like it is not something right. horses do not want to expend any excess energy than they have to. So when they are bucking, they are trying to tell you something. So they could be bucking um, because the SI joint. Now, what is the problem in the SI joint that would cause them to buck? It's okay. So it's a bone on bone. It's an osteoarthritis. As we say in the hot joint, when you're doing like a sliding stop, I'm back to the rainers again and not picking on the rainers. It's just an easy example. When you're doing like a sliding stop in the hawk, they also have a sheer force type joint that we inject and it slides forward. And if bone hits on bone, you get this sharp pain, like an instant fire. And it just, it hits them and it's like a knife and they're like, Oh, that hurt. Same thing with the SI is they get this sliding motion and once the cartilage has been worn away in some area and the bone hits bone they get the sharp fire knife you know ouch and that's where they'll buck out and say oh you can't do that that hurts and Gosh. they'll even do it on a lunge line sometimes when they're pretty bad so uh, you know it's, it's a bone on bone it's an osteoarthritis so I've got a horse that potentially might have you've looked at it you go okay you might have an SI issue how are you to diagnose that for sure. Okay. So that is where it gets a bit difficult with horses. I also have to explain that in that SI area region, besides the joint, we also have the sacroiliac ligament. And we have found some, as we call it, desmitis. So some inflammation, some tearing in that ligament. Um, we can start with ultrasounding that area. Unfortunately, it's mostly via rectal exam to get the full view um, of that. So some of the geldings and science aren't too keen on that. And even some of the mayors aren't too keen on that, but, uh, a good ultrasonographer can get a really good image of that, uh, joint and the ligament via rectally and get a good idea. And they will do definitely both sides to see how it looks, even though one side might be more of a problem. You can also ultrasound from the top down, but you're only going to get part of the joint. So the front part and the back part of the joint, uh, because you have some bony uh, levels in the way that don't allow you to see all of it. That's why via rectal, 
you can get a little clearer view of all of it. But doing both of those helps a lot. That's a, believe it or not, a um, least invasive, per se, procedure for a horse. The next step up that we have to do, because we can't radiograph that area, is a nuclear medicine, nuclear scan, nuclear scintigraphy of that area. And if it's a ligament desmitis, that's not going to show us because this nuclear or bone scan, as we call them, shows only bony issues. And mm -hmm. the bony issues will flare up during arthritis. And so they'll see a collection of the radioisotope that they inject into your horse in that area. Um, so a lot of people think that's more uh, invasive per se because you're, you're injecting your horse with a radioisotope. It's not dangerous. It's a bit expensive, but it's not dangerous. And by law of some certain states, sometimes they have to hold the horse 24 hours or 48 hours because of the radioactivity of their urine. Um, so it's a, a bit of a hospitalized involvement in, you know, hauling to a facility for that. The ultrasound, you know, a little easier to do because you can do that on the farm with a good ultrasonographer who has the proper equipment too, because there's certain probes from your ultrasound that you need to use to evaluate. Gotcha. I would think that the horse would say that was the more invasive way. <laughs> Just saying that. Um, so, okay. So we've got either a potential bone on bone issue. We've got mm -hmm. a ligament issue. And obviously mm -hmm. both of those potentially are treated differently. So how do you, once you've diagnosed it, and you decide that it's a ligament issue, is it rest and butte or is it, what, what do you do? It depends on what you're doing with the horse. Most of our SI diagnosed horses are in full work. These are our champions. These are our working horses. These are our competitors. That was my um, next I question was, does it just happen to the lay person or these, these athletes to get it? But I do have, I do, I can't, I, you know, I do have majority of my practice are wonderful excellent amateur rider horses or riders and their horses and those horses i have injected them as well as amateurs too and um they you know get a lot of relief but these horses um you have to be careful about the rules and regulations of showing you have to make sure that you're doing proper injections if you're going to inject because you can inject over the ligament and it will absorb through the joint capsule and in the joint area you're not necessarily going into the joint with the injections uh, a lot of times. So uh, you can inject a, a steroid, but you have to make sure you have your days out of either FEI or USEF. Um, if you're not in that window, uh, the good window of, of being able to get that done before the next show, we can certainly do shockwave therapy. And that's worked beautifully for a temporary relief on some of the cases, and especially ligament cases. Um, but again, there is a ruling on that of, you know, five days for the USDF and the uh, FDI. So even for shockwaves? Sure. Yes. You have to make sure that you're still outside the window, but it's not weeks. So that's the good part. It's not at least weeks, especially FEI. Those are the horses I'll be shockwaving more than I'll be injecting just to get them through the show season. And then we'll do the injections either long before they have to go out and heavy campaign or at the end of the heavy campaign when they can kind of do it at a little slower pace and they don't have to worry about drug testing and such. But the, the um, shockwave works beautifully um, in that area as long as it's not a very demised uh, joint. Gotcha. So if it's a ligament, we can shockwave it. If it's the bone on bone in the joint, you can inject it and they kind of communicate mm -hmm. a little bit no matter what. Um, so is it something that we can heal or is it just like hawk injections where it's just something you have to kind of maintain? Well, bone on bone never heals, unfortunately. 
Um, you know, there is a products out there, Adequan, that's known to help do uh, con- uh, cartilage protection. It's a disease-modifying osteoarthritic drug. So it does a great job of keeping the cartilage healthy that's there. So you can always try to do that to kind of do preventative um, in the future. But once you get bone on bone, you're, you're kind of at your last resort of trying to take care of that horse. So injections become a bit more regular. And it's not because you were doing the injections of their bone on bone. It's because of their lifestyle and their genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's a maintenance thing. And then at some point, and I've had this discussion mostly with my amateurs rather than my professionals, at some point, you'll have to know that your amateur horse is maxed out. And you'll have to accept that. And you may have purchased that horse with a slight SI problem that you never realized until you started to engage that joint more and more for whatever you were doing as you're moving up the ranks of your competitions. So at some point you'd say, gosh, this was a great ride. We had a good time. We got, you know, five years out of this horse that gave me pleasure, but I don't want to ask him to try to do the long jump when he's not even able to do uh, a jump over a crack of a uh, the sidewalk. So, you know, you have to... You have to understand where they're they're at in their life, and especially as they age, too. I am no longer going to be running uh, marathons or 5Ks. I'll be doing walk 5Ks with my knees. So I, I just ha- you have to start putting it in perspective as time goes. You know what? I find walking a 5K a waste of time, so you don't even need to do that. <laughs> 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 I mean, take yeah, it from me. Well, it's supposed to make you feel good. You know that euphoria. It's supposed to make you feel good, but I don't know. Uh-huh. I <laughs> I just get bored about halfway through. I'm just like, oh, why am I doing this? I could have taken the, my bike. I'd be here already. Right? Exactly. <laughs> could have ridden a horse yeah. without SI pain. Well, Dr. Jones, where can people find you to find out more and learn and get, uh, I mean, because your website, uh, you know, I ask you where it is, but I have it right here. It's FloridaEquine.com. And what is awesome about FloridaEquine.com is there is a client form section, which is client education. And there are so many like broodmare nutrition, the colic checklist, Glenn, hurricane preparedness. Okay. You can go on there and be ready. Too the late. The website is so um, fantastic. And you guys do such a great job of trying to communicate with your clients and, and, and to educate the clients. So I think it's fantastic what you guys do. Thank you very much. And I'm happy to continue to try to educate because I think a smarter horse owner makes a better horse owner. They can kind of understand why are we doing this to our animal and why is our animal doing this when we're trying to ride and enjoy them. So I think an educated owner really is a better benefit to the animal and to the veterinarian. Well, that about wraps it up for today. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of American Harvest and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner. You can also do that at horseradionetwork.com. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>